Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. We'll read the entire chapter. And anytime you hear someone say Genesis chapter 22, you automatically think about the offering of Isaac. The offering of Isaac. This is where God commands him to do this. And the name that we're going to look at in verse 14 is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Which means, as we're told, God will provide. God will provide. <clears throat> so, verse 1 of Genesis chapter 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test or try Abraham. Said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it up upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand, and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Now, again, we find in verse 8, where, God, where Abraham speaks, and he says, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And then in verse 4, we have the name Jehovah-Jireh. And again, this is the Lord will provide, God will provide. In the Bible, there are various compound names of God. And that simply is a name which reveals Him. And we will find that in God's names, every need of man is met. Every need is met. From His lost state to His glorification. So those who are lost and in sin... 
they will find that their needs are met in the name and in the person of the Lord. And those of us who are saved from the moment God saves us until He takes us and puts us into our glorified state, we will find that God's name and His person meets all of our needs. When we speak of it being a compound name, we speak of here is that God is spoken of in the Bible as God with another name added to it. So here in verse 14, you can see the name Jehovah Jireh. And when we began this study, we gave you a list of the compound names of God, and you should have those. And they are a list of His names where you'll have Jehovah or Elohim, and a word is put with it. And it signifies who the Lord is and that He meets us. Now we're not going to be able to take all of these names in at once. We're going to look at them one by one. And in Genesis chapter two, we or Genesis chapter twenty-two rather, we have a name that tells of God's character and characteristics. And certainly, one name cannot tell all of who the Lord is. But we have here in verse fourteen the name Jehovah. And you'll notice if you remember, we said that. The usage of the name Jehovah, it's the name that God uses. It's His chief name of redemption. It was Jehovah who spoke and said, Where art thou? It was Jehovah who took the animal and slew it and clothed Adam and Eve in a coat of skins. All of these, that is Jehovah. And so here it is in verse 14 where he says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. The name Jehovah speaks as well of His eternal and unchangeableness, the God who was and is and ever shall be. We know that this speaks of Christ as well. For the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 and verse 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we look at this name, we find it speaking of Him in this fashion. So let's look again at our text. The Bible begins here and we find the story of Abraham and Isaac. The time when God called Abraham to offer up his son Isaac on Mount Moriah. In verse 1 it says, And it came to pass after these things. Now this is referring to the many experiences in Abraham's life. You look back into chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 where begun in the close of chapter 11 to be introduced to Abram. And in chapter 12, we find that he's called out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees to go into a land that God will show him. And here in Genesis 12 and verse 1, it says, Now the Lord, or Jehovah, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house <coughs> excuse me, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And we find here that this is one of the things that happened in Abraham's life. And then if you'll turn over in uh, chapter 15 of Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. This is another thing that took place in Abraham's life. And this again happened after these things. 
In Genesis 15, verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, which is to say, Master uh, uh, Jeho- or Master Elohim, Master Jehovah, as I understand it, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Now you take a look at all of these together. God told him in chapter 12, I'm going to make your seed as the sands of the sea and the stars of heaven. And then in chapter 15, we just read how that Abram still doesn't have any children, does he? And then you read there in chapter excuse me, chapter 21, Isaac is born. We'll not read that, but he's born. And now we come to Genesis chapter 22, and again, there are many things in Abraham's life that could be marked out as times when complete surrender was called for. Didn't he have to completely surrender when he left his home and everything there was to go to a foreign land? And God said, I'm going to take you to a place and you've never been there, you don't know anything about it, but I'm going to give it to you and to your children forever. And he says, I'm going to make your seed as the sands of the sea. And yet here he is in chapter 15, he doesn't have any, and God says, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And so we have these things. What the Lord is teaching us is to completely surrender over to Him. To quit seeking to do for ourselves and to turn everything over to Him. That's a very difficult thing for this flesh to do. But now comes the time, perhaps, the greatest testing of all in Abraham's life and all of his journey. One writer said that God had taken the heart of Abraham and ordered him to take his son, his only son, whom he dearly loved, and get into the land of Moriah and offer Isaac on a mountain which he would tell him. But you know, we find here in our text that Abraham believed God. You know what we don't read of? Where Abraham questioned God, do we? We don't read that. Boy, we question God a lot, don't we? God says something, we say, yeah, but. There's no buts here in Abraham. He doesn't scoff at what God says. He doesn't believe that what God has stated doesn't need to be done. We also do not read where Abraham tried to analyze what God had told him to do. Ever find yourself doing that? Not studying the Scriptures. Analyzing it. Well, what does God mean by that? Well, God meant what He said and said what He meant. There's nothing confusing about verse 2. And He, that is God, said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of. 
There's no confusion there. There's nothing to misunderstand. There's nothing to analyze whatsoever. The only thing that Abraham had to do was obey. That's it. Now we might say, well, wait a minute. This was the seed, the promised seed. Because he had had Ishmael and God rejected Ishmael. And God said, Isaac, in thy son Isaac shall thy seed be blessed. And now God says, you know that son Isaac, I want you to take him and I want you to offer him for a sacrifice. But Abraham believed God because we read in verse 5, notice what happens when they come to the place where sacrifice is to be made. Abraham's got some servants with him. And notice what he says to these servants. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham was going to offer Isaac, but he believed that God would enable Abraham and Isaac to come again. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We've studied this in our Wednesday evening Bible study when we went through Hebrews chapter 11. (coughs) Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17. It says here, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting or reckoning or trusting or believing that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he also received him in a like figure. So he knew that God said and Isaac will be your seed. And if God said, then now I want you to go, even though in your seed all the promises are in Isaac, and I'm telling you to to go and to slay him, then he must be going to raise him. This is something that's never been done before, isn't it? So Abraham had to completely surrender to it. He couldn't say, well, I I just don't know about this, or we we just don't see him analyzing, we don't see him thinking, we see him obeying. That's it. So Abraham does such. And in our reading we find that Isaac was laid upon the wood of the burnt offering. Abraham and his son went up to the mountain and he took the fire and the knife. You know, it's a tremendous thing. And you look here. The Bible tells us in verse 7, it says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? 
I'm not sure how old Isaac was. Some suspect he was around about the age of 30, 33, just like Christ was when he was sacrificed. Others suspect that because in verse 5 it says, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. I I just don't imagine a a 33-year-old individual being called a lad. But it could be. But the thing that I want to point out here is that Abraham had taught Isaac how to worship God. He says, we got wood and we got fire, but we need a lamb for a burnt offering. You realize how many people are not teaching their children how to worship God? Are not teaching them how to sacrifice unto the Lord? Now, we don't offer bloody sacrifices, but we're to teach them about service and spiritual sacrifices, the sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of giving. All of these things are to be taught, and it's the duties of fathers, and it's the duties of mothers, but particularly fathers as the head of households to teach these things. And here we find that Abraham... Oh, he did well, didn't he? And we can emulate this. We can follow that example. We are to be learning about worshiping the Lord. Some children arise Sunday morning and they have to ask the parent, are we going to church today? Boy, isn't that sad. There's an old saying, and I've heard it in a song about how some young people had they had a drug problem. Their parents drug them out behind the woodshed every time they did something wrong, and every Sunday they drug them to church. That's the kind of drug problem we need today, isn't it? But you don't see a lot of that today. We see people they don't even know they don't know if they're going to church, let alone the kids. But we find here in the scriptures. Abraham answers Isaac's question in verse 8. He says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. We find that as they were atop of the mountain, just as Abraham was about to thrust the knife into his only son, an angel of the Lord stopped him. What faith Abraham had. I mean, he didn't get up there and lay Isaac on the altar with the wood and and the fire and then sit down and say, okay, let's wait. No, he even raised the knife, the Bible tells us. And it states in verse 10, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And that, that, I mean, you just can't not but marvel at his absolute trust in the Lord. And then we find in verse 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything on him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. We're not going to complete this today, but let me ask this question. What things do you withhold from God? 
because you don't trust Him to provide? What things are we withholding from Him and His service because we don't trust that God will provide Himself what He has required of us to do? You see, the Bible tells us He says, For now I know that thou fearest God, thou reverence God, thou holds God in the highest esteem that is possible, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. What things do we withhold from God that He requires of us, justly and righteously requires of us? Because we don't fear Him. We don't reverence Him. We don't adore Him. Because we don't trust Him and believe that He can provide. That He can raise up that from the dead. Now we look at this passage of Scripture and we learn that by the grace of God, Why Abraham referred to this place and naming it Jehovah-Jireh, God will provide or the Lord will provide. The reference here is specifically in reference to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see here as we look in verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. That's a wonderful picture of Jesus. Instead of the sinner being slain for the penalty of sin, here is God's provided substitute in the person of Jesus Christ. Someone says, where did that ram come from? God provided it. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't luck. It wasn't the stars aligning that there was a ram caught in the thicket. It was all under the provision of God that that ram was there. And then was pointed, Abraham was pointed unto it. This is a good place to stop this morning. But I'll say this, and then we'll pick up next week, Lord willing. The Lord doesn't come back between now and then. But if the Lord took care of our sin debt and our sin question, doesn't it stand to reason that there's nothing He won't provide for His people? If He takes care of the most important and the biggest thing, Isn't he going to take care of all the little things in life? And then what do you think would happen if Abraham would have said, I'm not taking Isaac? Probably the same things that happens when God tells us in His Word to do things and we don't do it, and they're the little things. So may God help us that we'll see and trust that He is Jehovah Jireh. Again, the purpose of this study is that we would examine God and that we would be strengthened to do what He has told us to do.
Well, this name, Jehovah Jireh, in and of itself, ought to do all of that. I look at God and His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Well, that just takes care of everything He tells me to do, that He's going to provide for everything. If He provided for sin, certainly He'll provide for everything else, won't He? So may God help us that we'll trust Him and trust this name of His. We'll have a brief intermission.